Welcome to Grace Church's podcast. The message you are about to hear was recorded live during our Sunday service. Sermon notes can be found online at grace417.com. Feeds online of um, articles about talking about the origins of some of the Christmas traditions. Why we use evergreen trees, um, why we decorate with certain things, why we use certain days of the year. And I don't know if you've ever actually read one. Every two or three years I I read one just because I think it's interesting. Um, You read about how Christmas is in December, despite the fact that we think Jesus was probably born in spring um, because winter solstice was happening and everybody was kind of partying except for the Christians and they were a little left out. And so they decided to throw their party at the same time and just have less orgies and they just wanted to be included. And you read about how uh, evergreen trees were hailed by the gods as signs that that spring would return, that we wouldn't be lost in winter, that life would come back to earth. Um, you read about how the Druids put uh, magical power into things like mistletoe and holly, and they would decorate their homes with them, believing them to be um, elements of power that they could have around them. And as you read through it, you wonder as a Christian if anything that we do has anything to do with the Bible or the story of Jesus or any of this. Um, And not that I think those things are bad, but I do think it's interesting. I think it's funny that a a whole bunch of the stuff that we do really doesn't have a lot to do with the story that we typically talk about around Christmas time. Um, David and I are going to balance one another uh, on this stage for Christmas. Uh, I don't like Christmas. I don't like the music. I don't like the parties. I don't like the crowds. I don't like the way people drive around Christmas. I, you know, I've, I've lovingly been called the Grinch and Ebenezer Scrooge by people close to me. Uh, the joke that maybe this is the year that your heart grows three times bigger has lost its sting at this point. And, you know, it wasn't always that way. As, as a kid, I loved Christmas. I think, I think most kids love Christmas. You know, you've got... You've got family coming in, people that you don't get to see all the time. There's tons of food. Nobody's keeping track of how many sweets you're eating. You're staying up late, sleeping over at people's houses. It's a blast. You know, it's lots of fun. And hopefully, as I got older, I, I grew out of the, the, the present focus of, of what Christmas is. And, and I still really enjoyed Christmas. I love getting together with my family. Um, my dad makes Chex Mix every year, which I love. Um, we play cards and board games and, and things with, with the people that I, I don't get to see as often as I'd like. And I still loved that. But as I got older and, and as I got married and had kids, I don't know. I just I see a different side of things now. I, I see the panic in people's eyes at the stores. I see the, the frustration and the stress that people carry around with them. Uh, I, see, I hear about the financial constraints of people who maybe aren't as well off as their immediate family or their friends. I hear about people that, that can't get time off from work because their, their employer won't approve that, or they can't afford to. They, they've got to have that check, and they've got to stay at work. They can't make it to maybe some of the holiday events that they would like to, and I hate that. In America, Christmas is, Christmas is very crazy and very bizarre. Um, on average in America, the average American takes on $1,000 worth of debt annually around Christmas, which is crazy in and of itself. But 50% of those people will, will probably have it paid down within three months. 29% of those people will not be able to pay it down for five months, and 10% will only be able to make minimum payments which means they'll still have it next year when they start shopping for Christmas again. And I just think that's insane. I think that we make such strange choices and decisions around this time of year. And for what? 
to keep up with the Joneses who somehow can afford a Hawaii trip every Christmas. So, so our kids have something to brag about when they go back to school to impress friends and families that sometimes we don't even like that much. I just think it's so strange that, that we choose to do this. It's like every December we get together and collectively agree to lose our minds. And we as a nation and a culture get so caught up in, in the pageantry and the parties and the decorations and the food and the, and the gifts. And it's not that those things are bad. It's just that they can, they can so dominate our attention and, and our focus on it that, that we can lose sight of a lot of things, in my opinion. Christmas is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be about celebrating a really important event of, of Jesus coming to earth, of, of bringing joy to the world and and. I feel like we can lose it. We can get so caught up in, in the schedules and the finances and everything that's going on that it's very easy to, to lose track of it. We, uh, we have a group of friends that we, every year we do a, a friends giving and a friends miss. And it's just a, a group of friends that we have that we spend time with um, around those times of year. It's, it's kind of a combination in the group. Um, some of them don't have a lot of family nearby and so they don't get to go to as many events. Uh, some of them have family nearby and they don't necessarily enjoy spending a lot of time with them. Um, so we get together every year and, and we try to spend time with that. And, and the idea behind that is they have found people that do make them happy that bring them joy. They have found people that, that replenish them and, and they want to spend time with those people. And I, and I think that's great. I'm, I'm honored to be a part of that. So Christmas is, is the fulfillment of a prophecy. The Savior has come, Emmanuel, God with us. And so what I'd like to do today, rather than just going through the Christmas story verbatim, I would like to talk about some of the elements in the story and look at how it compares with how we do Christmas today. And just kind of make some mental notes of, of what we're seeing in the Bible and what we're seeing with, with what we're doing day in and day out leading up to the holiday this week. So if you want to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, we're going to be starting in verse 1 there here in just a moment. So first and foremost, we've got to talk about Jesus. He's the reason of the season, and you're at church, so we're going to talk about Jesus first. So in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, we read, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. So a very strange circumstance under which child to be born. Everybody all over is traveling. They're all trying to get back to their birthplaces. There's lots of people on the highways and byways. They finally get to where they're going, and there's not enough room for them in the hostel or the inn, and they're forced to sleep in, in the stable. Um, it's a very humble beginning for the, the greatest prophet that ever walked the earth. Um, it definitely didn't look like the Jewish people thought it would. They had been waiting for, for the Savior's arrival for a long time. They had lots of prophecies and writings about the Messiah. Um, there was no walkout music. There were no decorations, no feasts, no nothing. It was, it was very simple. It was very unexpected to the point that a lot of them didn't believe he was who he said he was because the Messiah couldn't possibly come in this way. And it, it could even be construed as humiliating. In this culture, animals were considered unclean. And to be around them, you know, to have to eat or sleep around them would be very, very humiliating for them. So 
We definitely don't, when we look at what we're doing for Christmas, we definitely don't see a lot of comparisons here, right? There's no evergreens, there's no decorations, there's no parties. Um, and again, it's not because those things are bad, it's just interesting. Um, I'm, I'm not saying you should go home and take down your tree and, and put up troughs and, and hay, but it is interesting to me that this is what we're reading in the story and what we're doing and how we're experiencing things is very different at home. So the second thing we have to talk about here in America is gifts. Gifts are a really important part of Christmas. Uh, for children, gifts and Christmas cannot be separated. They are fused together. The, you run the risk of destroying the world should you try to split that atom. And that's okay, obviously. Kids love Christmas. And who doesn't love a kid's face on Christmas morning? You know, just wrapping paper shrapnel flying over their head. You know, and I want, I want my kids to have that same experience. I want them to be excited for what they open. Aiden pops up with a toy and starts running laps around the living room, which is just another day at our house. And, and I want them to have that experience. I want them to have that fun. But at the same time, I want them to, to know that it goes beyond that, that there's more than, than just gifts to Christmas. Um, in the story of, of the Bible, um, gifts are kind of interesting because the, the gifts are being actually given to Jesus by the wise men and the magi. And um, for those of you who, who like to have trivia or like to ostracize yourself from the people around you knowing fun facts that nobody else cares about, um, the, the wise men, we, we don't know how many there were. That's kind of a, a half well-known fact, but we always hear three. You know, you've got the We Three Kings song. Um, they brought three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so a lot of times it's, it's portrayed as three, but we don't technically know. There could have been two, there could have been nine, we don't know. What we do know is that they probably weren't at the birth of Jesus, because in Matthew 2, it specifically says they gave him those gifts in a house, which we know they weren't in while they were in Bethlehem. So we don't even know how old Jesus was when they arrived. He could have been past his first birthday already. So those are, those are Jeopardy facts that you can, you can upset people with as you're looking at nativity sets outside of McDonald's. So... These specific gifts are very interesting for this culture, um, and they're very particular. They, they all revolve around the concept of kingship, and they're very symbolic for this era. Um, gold is pretty simple. Um, it's a classic precious metal. It, it represents wealth and prosperity. Um, it, it's, it's the pretty, it's the easy one of the three. Frankincense is a little more complicated. It was a type of incense that was used as kind of a perfume. Um, bathing wasn't super popular in the era, and so the rich and the wealthy would use oils and perfumes to cover smells. Um, they would burn frankincense, and it would have kind of this fine white smoke that would float up from it. Um, they would be in the room as it was burning when they left. They would then smell like frankincense. Um, so it, it had some functional purposes. If you could afford frankincense, you were doing very well. There were no cheap perfumes in this era. Um, so it was a very precious gift um, cost-wise. Um, additionally, the smoke was often compared to um, prayers rising to heaven as the smoke rose from frankincense. So it had some religious symbolism in there as well. Myrrh was uh, interesting also. It, it's also a type of, of fragrance. It's also a type of, um, of smell masking. But it's often used in embalming. That's where it was used most commonly. And often, myrrh represented death to this culture. Um, and it seems like kind of a strange gift to give to a person, but if we think about the life of Christ, um, of the prosperity and the excitement and, and the, the sweet fragrance of, of Jesus coming to earth and ministering to us, and then how he was going to end that, that life, um, the three gifts seem, seem very apropos for the experience that he had. So again, when it comes to gifts in America, we go insane. Um, 2017, America spent approximately $1 trillion on gifts. 
which to put into perspective was 14 times the entire budget of the Board of Education for 2017. If we took the US population in 2017 and we divided it against a trillion dollars, it would come out to $3,000 per person, which includes children. It's an astronomical number and, and it's completely insane. And, and again, the principle of gifts is not a bad thing. Everybody loves to give gifts and everybody loves to see the people that they love happy when they give those gifts. But I feel like what we get caught up too often is, is we get caught up in the price tag. We get caught up in making sure our gift is as good as the gift we anticipate to receive. That if the person you're giving the gift to is in a better financial situation than you are, then you might need to add an extra 10 bucks to the budget that you would normally use for it because you don't want to slight them and make it look like their gift is better than yours. And it becomes very stressful and concerning. It, it makes you stretch budgets when you know you don't really have the room for it. Uh, it leads us to start using credit cards when we probably shouldn't be. And... I think that's unfortunate. I, I think when we look at the gifts that were given to Jesus, they weren't putting financial constraint on the people around them. They weren't weighing each other down with this or trying to cause anxiety to them. They were spending time with one another and, and they, were, they were showing affection and love for one another, but we need to be smart about the way we do it. There's no reason that we have to stress ourselves to our absolute fiscal limits in, in order to show somebody that we care about them. A, a tradition that, that my wife and I have started doing each year with, with our siblings, she's got two sisters in the area and I have a brother, um, and we just get all the siblings and the significant others together. Uh, we get babysitters for all the kids and we just have a meal together. There's no gift giving. There's no costs to it. One person brings sides. One person brings soda. One person brings dessert. And that's it. The shortest straw you can draw is the house that has to find the extra chairs. And, and the purpose behind that is we can't, we can't afford it. We can't afford to be giving each other all these different gifts. We just want to get together and have fun. We have a meal. We tell stories. We play games. We have a blast. It's a great time. And it's an easier way to, to show our affection for one another, to enjoy ourselves, and to relax together than, than the traditional gift giving. And, and I think we can uh, approach these things in smarter ways, to find better ways to show those affections to each other. Um, I had an interesting uh, conversation with Aiden. So I have a four-year-old named Aiden. Um, he turned four in September. So this was in October. He had a friend that was supposed to come over on a Saturday morning. Um, he had all these new toys from his birthday. And so um, the moms were going to have coffee. The boys were going to go play. And I was going to try to disappear into the background, as is my want. And uh, during it, Aiden got very upset and came into the office and was explaining to me that Asher was playing with his toys. And I was very confused because I thought that was the point. And I was like, is he, is he breaking them? Is he throwing things? Has he hurt you? What's the problem? I don't understand. And he's like, he's playing with my new toys. And I was like, yeah, that's the whole idea. Like, we share our toys. I'm like, are you wanting to play with the toy he has? And he's like, well, no. And I'm like, okay, so share your toys. Go back and play. So they left, and, and I followed up with him afterwards. I sat down with him, and, and I just kind of talked about, you know, how, how blessed we are as a family to have our house, to have reliable transportation. He has his own room and his own bed. He's got a toy box full of toys, and, and we're a very blessed people, um, and, and we need to be prepared to share those things with the people around us. You know, it's, it's important that we do that because not everybody is that way. Not everybody has those toys in their own room and things like that. And and my son, Ever the Analyst, said, I've been to Asher's house. He has toys. And I was like, okay, yeah. I, sharing is important. We'll just leave it at that. And we'll try to circle back to the details later. Um, but I think, 
I think the way that we the way that we show those affections to each other, the way that we we find to enjoy one another, I think we can be smarter about it. I don't think it has to come with a price tag. So the last element that I want to talk about in the Christmas story is peace and joy. Uh, again, in Luke chapter two, we're going to pick it up in verse eight. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So peace and joy is kind of what, what, these, what these heavenly hosts, what these angels say is why Jesus came. And they're, they're obviously PSA notifying the, the shepherds that he has come. But the purpose behind it, according to these, these angels, is that he's come to bring peace and joy to all of humanity. Every person on earth that, that this, this precious baby is going to bring that joy to them. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't see a lot of peace and joy out and about right now. I see a lot of panic, a lot of frustration. I see a lot of bags under people's eyes and a lot of exhaustion. And, and in this story, the, the focal point seems to me to be peace and joy. That that's why he came. That's what he wants us to experience. And, and that's something that I think we need to try to focus on in our celebrations around this time. The whole purpose of our celebration is for us to, to honor Jesus in our celebrating to enjoy one another and enjoy spending time together, but to honor him and the story that we're reading here. And, and I, I want to like Christmas. Not, not the decorations and the parties and, and the songs, but, but I want to enjoy the time I get to spend with my family. You know, and, and I don't care what day of the week you get to do it on. I don't care how much you spent to do it. Uh, I don't care about any of that. I, I just want to enjoy that family. I want to take a step back and look at what we have, material and otherwise, and be thankful for it. Be appreciative to, to try to sit in the peace and joy that Jesus brought when he came to earth. And I want my kids to grow up having a blast at Christmas. I want them to open presents and have fun. I want them to stay up too late and eat too many sweets. I want them to have that experience. Those are all classic Christmas experiences. But the purpose of Christmas, according to the story of the Bible, is that God's son, the king of kings, came to earth, and he came to bring peace and joy to everyone on it. And I feel like too often we take this time for granted and we, we fill it with stressors and frustrations and concerns. And we get so caught up in the pageantry that, that we, really, we really lose this theme that we see in this story. And it's one of those deals. A lot of what I'm saying up here is, is a lot easier to say than it is to do. Like, oh, don't be stressed. Go and, and go forth and take that message with you. But at the same time, we have a certain amount of control over what we do. You know, in this country, we're talking a lot more about mental health and, and what is within our power to, to take care of ourselves. And I think it's interesting that we don't extend it to this time of year for some reason, that we allow the schedule to become so full and the finances to become so strapped. And we have the power over that. We get to control how many events we go to. 
We get to set the budget for the gifts that we buy. We get to decide whether the party that we're hosting has hors d'oeuvres or a full meal. We have control over those things. And if you've got something on your schedule this week that's stressing you out, call them and cancel it. Tell them you can't come. I don't understand why it's, why it's more socially acceptable to swipe a credit card into, into financial oblivion than it is to say, we can't afford that this year. When you're, when you're approaching these things and you're thinking about these things, I want you to think about what's best for you and your family. What's right for you guys? I don't care what your parents are expecting to happen or what Gary and Linda did at their party last year. I don't care about any of that. Uh, when I closed Friday um, at work, I have a, a first shift and a second shift team. At the end of each of my huddles, I just told them, if you've got something that's causing you stress this year, just don't do it. Life's just too short to fill it with all, all of this nonsense. So when we look at our, our celebrations and what we do for Christmas, um, I think a lot of times we, we miss some of the themes that I've seen here. Um, and like I said, I, I don't think that... that we need to tear down the Christmas trees and throw out the holly and, and get rid of Christmas songs. I don't. I don't think it really matters. I, I don't think that tree worship is going to invite Satan into your home and your kids are going to start listening to heavy metal. <laughs> what I do think is, I think things get so crazy and so hectic that we completely miss the peace and joy concept that we see in, in the story of Jesus. And I think that, that we can be smart about how we celebrate and about what we do. And I don't care what your Christmas tradition is. Um, our, our Christmas tradition for a while was Scottish eggs, which is like a hard-boiled egg wrapped in sausage. And I have no idea why. I don't remember why we started doing it. It was really fun. My mom made it every Christmas. And it was fun. It was something we really looked forward to. I have no idea why. But what I would say, no matter what your, what your tradition is, no matter what you do around Christmas time, I would challenge all of us as Christians to try to find ways to incorporate that theme of peace and joy into it. To find a way to make sure that the people who are there get to enjoy themselves, that they're not worried about financially coming to the table with the same level as everyone else who is there, that they're not so stressed out and, 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 and strung out on all of the events and the parties and things that they have to attend that they don't get to relax and enjoy themselves. Very naturally... The holiday time is a very chaotic time. We have to be very intentional about finding ways of being peaceful and joyful during it. And I think that if we, if we approach our events and our traditions and the things that we do around Christmas time very thoughtfully to try to find ways to make sure we're being peaceful and joyful in them, that we can do that. I think that that honors Jesus far more than Jesus looking down at the perfect holiday party where the, the family is now paying $1,000 for a caterer to bring in a meal for everyone. I think he'd rather see people sitting around eating off-brand pretzels playing spades. Because that's that's what, as long as they're enjoying themselves, as long as they're having fun and they're, they're at peace and they're, they're relaxed and enjoying each other, I think that honors him far more than, than any of the pageantries and, and the parties. Not that, again, not that those are, the, are a bad thing. If you can do those and, and still have peace and joy and have fun, great, do them. But if it doesn't, if it, if it only causes you stress and frustration and difficulty, don't do it. Find a different way to go about it because it's just not worth it. And, and I, don't think, I don't think it honors Jesus. I don't think it honors this story and the themes in it. I think peace and joy is what the holiday needs. I think it's what Christmas time needs. It's so chaotic and so crazy and so tiring that I think that's exactly what we all need. And I think it's a very human need uh, across the world that the angel said that they brought peace and joy for all of mankind, that anyone and everyone on earth can enjoy it because anyone and everyone on earth needs it. 
I think bringing peace and joy back into Christmas is what would make me like Christmas again. I think it's what we need as a culture, as a nation, and I think it's what we as Christians are being challenged to do when we read this story. When we look for the themes in it, this seems to be the one that stands out the most, and it seems to be one that sometimes we can miss if we get too caught up in everything that we're doing around Christmas time. Let's pray. Lord, I come to you in prayer, and I thank you for everyone that's here. I thank you for, for regulars and guests alike. I thank you that, that I believe each one of them was supposed to be here. I think each one of them was supposed to hear something from you today. And, and I just thank you that, that I had the opportunity to, to share. I just pray that you would help us as we, as we look at what's left, as we're leading into the final days leading up to Christmas, that we would just find ways of finding peace and joy. Of, of bringing happiness to the people around us, uh, with loving them, enjoying the time that we're spending with them. And I just pray that, that you would help us make wise choices to be good stewards of what you've given us, to not waste time and money and energy on things that, that aren't going to be a good investment for us. I pray that we can spend time with the people that we love, that if we're spending time with people other than the people we love, that we leave, that we go find people that bring us joy, that make us happy, and that we spend that time there. We make that investment with our time there. And I just pray that in this season, we as Christians can find a way to honor the themes in your story of your birth, to, to try to bask in the peace and joy that your birth was supposed to bring to this earth. I pray that we become peaceful and joyful people and that as we leave those events and those parties and those get-togethers, that we take that peace and joy with us wherever we go, that the people who see us see us as peaceful and joyful people and wonder how we can maintain it in such a chaotic time, that we get the opportunity to talk about who you are and, and how we want to honor you in this time and season. I thank you for every person here. I ask for, for just protection over them as people travel, as people go about the busyness of the week that's to come. And, and I just pray overall that your peace and joy would just be pressed upon them, that everywhere they go, that, that they would feel you and that peace and joy, and that we can honor you with it. In Jesus' name, amen. We trust that this teaching made a difference in your life. If you would like more information on giving your life to Jesus, visit us on the web at grace417.com. Thank you for joining us, and we pray you have a blessed day.